we'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for September 16th, 2019. Next report is entitled Bible Study and Rapidly Closing American Churches Are Shadowed by the Meteoric Rise of Witchcraft. Na naive Paganism, 2019, The Satanic War is Real. I'm going to start off with some Bible verses that I added in to, to this report. Matthew 24, 11 through 14 uh, starts out, And many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. Now this is Jesus Christ talking about the end times. I've already went over this verse before. Uh, and because iniquity shall abound, iniquity like sin, transgression, wickedness, because that shall abound, which is what we're seeing now, the love of many shall wax cold. Um, meaning love, the whole concept of love, true love, true Christian love, is, is going to, you're going to see less and less of it. Because iniquity is abounding. But he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. And the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the world for a witness unto all the nations, and then shall the end come. And um, these are things that are prophetic, that Jesus is saying, and that we're, we're seeing right now, and we shall be seen in the future. 1 John 5, 19. And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. And we know that the Son of God has come and hath given us an understanding that we know him, that we may know him that is true, and that we are in him that is true, even the Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. There's a lot of idols in today's day and age that we can avail ourselves to. It's not just, I believe, bowing down to uh, some idol on a shelf like they did in Old Testament times. There's a lot of different idols in the world now you got to be aware of and keep away from. So this this starts out, and this isn't even from a Christian source, the, the report I got this from, uh, but it says a highly thought-provoking report published in the October edition of the Christian Post highlights that the number of witches and Wiccans, Wiccans are the ones that say we're white witches and we wear the pentagram with the, with the, pointy, with the pointy side up, of the star that means we're good we're white white, white rich crap we do good magic we just just do stuff like love spells and things like that and we're good it's all witchcraft it's all wicked it's all evil it'll all get you straight into hell but they're the ones that supposedly do good and then you have gray and you have black and the ones that wear the ones that do black they wear the pentagram and it's upside down in a circle and they're the ones that are you know the dark side it's all i i truly believe though in god's eyes it's all the same it's all witchcraft Okay. Um, but the number of witches and Wiccans has dramatically increased since the 1990s to the degree that there may be at least 1.5 million witches living in the United States, which is higher than the 1.4 million mainline Presbyterians. The new research is based on data from Dr. Alden Wicker's Courts, a Trinity College Connecticut study supported by researchers at the Pew Research Center, which says, quote, between 1990 and 2008, so this is like 11 years ago, the number of Wiccans in the United States grew from 8,000 to 340,000. Man, that, that's 18 years, and that is a, I mean, 
Okay, I just did the math on that. So, okay, let me just repeat that. Between 1990 and 2008, now that was 11 years ago, where it ended, the number of wickets in the United States grew from 8,000 to 340,000. Okay, that, you know what that is? That's a 42.5, not percent, a 40, that's 42.5 times higher growth. Or what would that also be? Four, like 42,050% or something? You add two zeros onto this? 4,200? I don't know. It's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, that is that is exponential growth of witchcraft in this country. And again, how, I mean, are they even really getting the numbers right? And what about all the ones that will never admit they're a witch, that are embedded in Christian churches, that say that they're Christians, that would never admit that? Which, that you know, is the number double? I don't know. Or more? Furthermore, the Pew Research Center reported in 2014 a point that 0.4% of the population or 1 to 1.5 million Americans identify as Wicca or Pagan. A report in CNC News says that the practice of witchcraft has grown significantly in recent decades and that the number of Americans who identify as witches has risen concurrently with the rise of the witch aesthetic, whatever that means. Whew. Proverbs 28, 28. These are verses I'm putting in. When the wicked rise, men hide themselves. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing wickedness rise. And the Bible says the prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and repush. And I don't mean this means like you go into some coward mode, but you, you see, you're an understander of the time, like the men of Issachar. You see the evil coming. So you prepare accordingly and you're preparing to protect your family. If, you know, in whatever situation you might be in. A lot of people can't do a whole lot with their situation. They're not in a monetary position where they can do it. God's still capable of protecting you in that position. You want to be in the center of God's will because that will always be the safest place to be. So Proverbs 28, 28, when the wicked rise, men hide themselves. But when they perish, meaning when the wicked perish, the righteous increase. Galatians 5, 19, now these are the works of the flesh are manifest, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness. Now I've went over all the, the technical meanings. If you really want to know all the meanings of these, go to like Noah Webster, 1828. I've covered these in past teachings, but I don't, I can't, maybe if you can like uh, Galatians 519, you'll find them. But go to Noah Webster Dictionary, 1828, which clo more closely defines the words as they were written in the King James Bible. And then you can look up the full translations of what these words mean. Now, you can also go to, like, the Strong's Concordance and look at those and kind of take, you know, an amalgamation of the two to get a better understanding of what all of these different words mean. But the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft. The works of the flesh, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murderers, drunkenness. There's a lot of Christians out there that, you know, they get drunk all the time. Well, according to this, you're not going to make it. There are, there are Christians out there cheating on their wives. Or they're having sex outside of marriage. 
Well, according to this verse, you're not going to make it because it says you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. That's, that's, that's heaven or hell, guys. That's, that's a big deal. Now, I'm not yelling at my listeners. I'm just saying this is occurring. I mean, I get feedback and it's like, I'm like, what? Seriously? I mean, this is really serious stuff here. Envyings, murderers, drunkenness, revilings, and such like, of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. That's not enduring to the end. Like it said in the, the verse that we just read. They that endure to the end, the same shall be saved. Pray that you be counted, uh, counted worthy to escape all the things that are coming upon this earth and to stand before the Son of Man. Jesus also said that. So... You know, we want to be more than an overcomer through Jesus Christ. But, you know, you go through and, and you look at, like, Revelation 2 and 3, those churches, and, you know, there's a lot of stipulations there. I'm not talking about works-based religion. I'm just talking about evidence that you actually are saved and that you are enduring to the end and that you are, you know, I'm not talking about works-based works, works -based salvation, though, either. But works should follow faith. Works should follow our conversion. Good works. And I'm not saying that we walk around in sinless perfection and we never mess up either. I'm not saying that either. You know, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 1. So it's a balance, okay? You know, where uh, Paul wrote, he said, Oh, what a wretched man that I am. Who should deliver me from the body of this death? I mean, in the things that I shouldn't do, that I do. And the things that I should do, that I don't do. That's in Romans. So... It's a balance when you look at that. It doesn't give us a license to sin, okay? And we, we should strive for perfection. But we don't also go around saying, oh, I'm so wonderful and I'm perfect and I'm going to heaven and you're a heathen. And you don't do that either. So it's a balancing act. And again, the whole thing with salvation, go to my tab at True Salvation at ContendingForTruth.com. And I go over a lot of these different aspects of this. And you listen to the first teaching and all the subsequent ones because it kind of teaches you about salvation and then baptism and the Lord's Supper and then bearing the cross of Christ and being crucified with Christ and all that other stuff. So, um, it goes on to say in verse 22, well, it says, As I have told you in times past, that they which do such things, the ones that we just mentioned, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit that would live inside a born-again Christian, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. So that's kind of a self-check. You know, again, I don't think it means you're walking around in sinless perfection, but are you attempting, are you attempting through the Holy Spirit to crucify the flesh? You know, Bible talks about, Jesus talked about when you fast. That's a way you crucify the flesh. It's not fun. And I'm not saying I've done enough of it. Um, or judging anyone else in that regard. But that's that's a form of crucifying the flesh. I mean, form of crucifying the flesh is resisting temptation. Not fornicating. Not committing adultery. You know, not participating in witchcraft. Not getting drunk. You know, these types of things. 
If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. Which is a very common theme. You know, vain glory. So, let's go further. With this rise of witchcraft, we're also seeing just the rise of wickedness, perversion, and evil. Church vandalized after opposing drag queen event. King of Hell spray painted on the walls just before the Sunday service. And here we have a drag queen at one of these drag queen story hours. And these little kids are just wallowing all over the, this, this disgusting demon-possessed vessel of Satan drag queen. I really like the ones that are like the really overweight, uh, hairy guys that have full beards. You know, like the 350 pounders. And they go in there and they put a dress on and, and, and with makeup and they've got a full beard. And I mean, it's like the most disgusting abomination you could possibly envision in your head just about. And they, they waltz into these libraries and try to brainwash the kiddies into thinking, this is normal. This is what you need to strive for. When it's a, it's a known fact that most of these guys are all child molesters. And that's why they're doing this, to gain access to the children. Just like, you know, the Boy Scouts has a preponderance of pedophiles that seek those positions so that they can be near boys, so they can ultimately get them out in the woods and molest them. What a perfect you know situation and i'm not saying all scout leaders are like that but i'm saying a lot of them over the years it's been documented it's an absolute epidemic a california church was vandalized after its pastor and members publicly opposed the presentation of a drag queen story hour in a local public library the pro-family group mass resistance documented the satanic messages painted on the walls of the church before the sunday services last weekend the messages included a star in a circle which is a pentagram which I was just talking about earlier. And I'm sure it was probably, the star was probably upside down, which would mean more black witchcraft, which the, the um, include a star with a circle with the words Satan, Lucifer, and King of Hell. Evidently near there or in it, I don't know. And the obscene, I, I don't even know, it's some cuss word. I don't know what it is. Um... They, they blotted it out. That's fine. Anyway, it was it was really, really satanic stuff they wrote on the outside. And these are, these are the ones, these are the drag queens doing this. So it shows that what spirit is behind them and, and emanating and operating through them and motivating them. Because they love evil. They love wickedness. And they love Satan. They love their father, the devil. Last month, mass resistance activists in San Diego suburb of Chula Vista began alerting the community about the drag queen story hour coming to their local library mass resistance recruited churches including pastor amanda huzar of the south bay pentecostal church of chula vista pastor luzar was very enthusiastic he participated in our conference calls he reached out to the press and referenced mass resistance he brought our leaflets in both spanish and english about the drag queen event this is what the church should be doing being salt and light uh, they brought them in, they brought the, about the drag queen event into his church and encouraged the parishioners to take them and pass them out into the community. He is a kind of church leader we need everywhere. However, there was a price to pay. As we've seen, the rabid and unhinged pro-LGBT activists be, believe that no laws or rules of decorum prevent them from harassing, intimidating, and destroying anyone who disagree with their agenda. Well, that's the way it was in Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, they were, they were to the point there where they had so taken over that, you know, they just had sex with whoever they wanted they did whatever they wanted to do and you had no right to deny them anything whenever homosexuals and sodomites these types take over a society 
They will get to the point where they will impose their will and they will take over if you let them. And that's what Sodom and Gomorrah had become. And that's why God had to destroy it and the surrounding cities with fire and brimstone because there was no hope for them. They were pure vessels of wickedness and they were only going to infect all the surrounding areas unless God annihilated all of them. And it's still sitting there right off the Dead Sea, right today, just played that video not too long ago. The sulfur balls are still there. They're still finding them and they still burn. They got encased when they hit the, the, the sand, and a lot of them are still perfectly encased. White, the purest white sulfur they've ever seen, they've ever recorded in history. Just played the video not too long ago. Right off the Dead Sea. The city's still there. You can still see the outlines of it. You can still see the, the, a lot of the, the things in the buildings are still there. Like the archways, the, put, the places they put their idols, all that stuff. It's not, I mean, granted, it's been like, you know, a long, long time ago. Thousands of years. But God's preserved it there, right by the Dead Sea, to this day, as an example and a warning for us, for all of humanity. So, um, that's, you know, that's what's coming to the LGBT, queer, pedophile, pedivore community. Um... So as we've seen, the rabid, unhinged, pro-LGBT activists believe no laws or rules of decorum prevent them from harassing, intimidating, or destroying anyone who disagrees with their agenda, and so the church was soon on their radar screen. First, there were personal attacks, including hate-filled messages, messages on social media. One attack came from a city council member. The report said, city councilor Steve Padilla, who is openly gay himself, well imagine that, wrote a vicious social media rant saying that the pro-family Chula Vista citizens are part of the group mass resistance that promotes anti-immigrant oh they don't want totally open borders so that they can just totally come in and spread their diseases and annihilate all of our resources rape steal kill and pillage i just put this thing out the other day on the the this one ncfire.com i mean they document all of the all of the rapes that occur every month from all these illegal aliens that don't get reported in mainstream media just for the state of north carolina Every single month, it's, it's dozens and dozens of them. And, and they're only reporting on like a fraction of the counties for North Carolina. Only a fraction. And that's North Carolina. We're like in the middle. We don't even have the biggest problem with, with the illegal aliens. The border states would have a far greater problem because they're, you know, obviously they're there and there's going to be a higher proportion of them. We're probably one of the more least affected and it's a gigantic epidemic here just one of the one of the wicked fruits they produce so um he said uh yeah they're they promote anti-immigrant and, and white supremacist oh isn't that the always the most convenient fallback positions for satan he offered no proof or evidence of this and has refused and has refused to answer questions from the press about it because he's a maggot and he's a devil and he's of his father the devil and He's just going to lie. It's what they all do. You have to understand, gay people, lesbian, gay, gay, bisexual, they could be the nicest people in the world, but you have to understand, at the end of the day, they're demon infested. And I pray to God their souls be saved. And I know there's been some that have been. Okay? And that's, I think, the, the biggest thing to do is pray for them. The spirit of adoption, the Bible talks about. That they get saved. The fear of God. 
The Bible says the goodness of God leadeth thee, to, leadeth thee to repentance, but it also says the severity of God. And in their case, I think they need the severity. I saw a guy the other day, it was, it was on his deathbed. It's this real famous one. I've seen it before. And the guy was, they didn't say it in the video, but what he had was Kaposi's sarcoma. Now, I understand AIDS was created by the government. It's a retrovirus, and these things don't ever naturally occur in nature, naturally. And it was spread to the gay male populations, uh, I believe, in 1978 with a hepatitis B shot in Chicago, San Francisco, New York City, and then it spread, okay? And it was the gays they were, for one reason or another, trying to infect. But this guy had the end stage of AIDS, and he'd been, he lived a gay lifestyle, and his face looked like this, most like this really really dark gray his whole face was and it was it's called Kaposi sarcoma they didn't say it in the video and they should have elaborated what is it that this guy's got i've never even seen anything so horrific i mean he looked like the elephant man and it's a form of cancer that affects gays typically in the end stage where their immune system goes down and they're 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 predisposed to this particular type of cancer called Kaposi sarcoma and it affects the skin and he had it all over his face I mean, you could barely look at the guy. And he had said, he said, yeah, he said, I I, um, had fantasies about men and I acted on them and this is where I ended up. But he ended up getting saved in the end. That was the severity of God. So praise God for that. Um, that. That would be a way to pray for them. Because I don't think most of the time the goodness of God is going to lead them to repentance. In, in, in the position of somebody that's demon infested to the toenails. Now I understand it's sad and it's a proven fact that so many of the people that are gay were molested by a same sex partner at an early age. That's not their fault. Okay. If you were a little girl and you turned into a lesbian or whatever because of that, or a boy that was molested by, you know, some sick perverted devil like Jerry Sandusky or whatever at Penn state pedophile state, you know, then, you know, that's sad but then you grow up and you perpetuate it because you got those same demons because they infuse you with them alistair crowley said sodomy is one of the greatest ways that we know of to not only vampirize a um a child but also to um you know and to steal his innocence but to also infest him with demons so that he will grow up to be twice the child of hell i am they're doing it on purpose by design they're motivated by satan to particularly men sodomizing little boys and little girls, I would imagine, in order to just infuse them with the maximum amount of devils and demons, which is how you exchange. There's no greater way to exchange devils and demons than to have sex with people. Even kissing somebody, I believe outside of marriage. I've, I've heard enough testimonies, uh, Howard Pittman and things like this. Even kissing somebody prior to marriage is not a good thing. I don't believe it's of God that's that's reserved for marriage sorry i do maybe old-fashioned but go go and see howard Pittman, his death testimony and what he was shown just saying just the thing is just err on the side of safety you know you err on the side of safety anyway um uh, going further here then early on sunday september 8th parishioners at pastor huzar's church who arrived early were met by satanic messages painted on all four walls outside. They were quickly quickly covered up, but it was clearly meant to terrorize both the pastor and the churchgoers because of their stand against the drag queen event. The organization said the satanic symbols were not a surprise, since it has found a very disturbing amount of satanic imagery 
and Church of Satan depictions embedded within the LGBT movement. Absolutely, because they're both lockstep. It's the same thing. It's Satan's agenda. It's, it's one of Satan's purest agendas. In his, in his mind, the LGBT movement. Men with men, women with women. Doing that which is unseemly, according to Romans 1. In the Old Testament, you take them out and kill them. Take them out and stone them. Women with women, men with men, women with dogs, women with, with whatever, animals. Take them out and kill them. Bestiality, child sacrifice, you all take them out and kill them. In Leviticus, sorry, witch, take them out and kill them. False prophet, you take them out and kill them. Now, I'm not saying you do it now, but I'm saying back then that was the punishment. And it was so that they did not defile the land because those types of sins truly do defile the land that I just mentioned. They bring a curse on the land. And the more it's going on, the more cursed the land be gets. And that's why some when somebody says, well, if somebody's doing something in the privacy of their own bedroom and it doesn't affect me, I don't care. As a Christian, I've heard that many times. Yes, it does affect you. It affects everything. You got two sodomites going at it in the, in, in the apartment next door to you or in the house next door to you. It's defiling the land and it is affecting you whether you want to acknowledge it or not. See, this is the type of preaching you're just not going to hear in a church, hardly ever. Because a lot of pastors aren't even educated on this either. They're, they're not even aware of what I'm telling you. Even though the Bible's very, very clear that this is what happens. You're cursing the land. So therefore, you, you, you kill the entities, human, animal, whatever it is that participated in this. And then you're removing the innocent blood from the land. And there's also, I think, prayer tenets that you would use that I've won over many times when praying over the land and i've got i've got those um spiritual principles when praying over land you can do a keyword search for that or just email me at the contact page i'll give you the document on that um but again i don't think it's it's very much done in the modern day churches it's too militant would scare too many christians <laughs> whatever we're in a we're in war we're in war and we're losing horribly overall from a Christian standpoint. I understand God wins, wins in the end, but the, what I'm saying is that the church for the most part has abdicated and left the battlefield. They don't even know we're even in a fight really. They, they think, I don't know who knows what they think, most of them, the identify as Christians. So not, not all, but a lot. I mean, you got to admit. So... World Net Daily this week, this week the New York Times uh, reported this week that the New York Times ran a feature on the emergence of preteen, preteen drag stars. The Media Research Center blog Newsbusters commented that this, that in its eagerness to ingratiate itself to the LGBT movement, the New York Times didn't spot any sexual content in the drag kid movement. Oh no, they just drug these kids up and send them out on stage and they strip out on stage and there's all these perverted devil uh homosexuals and drag men or whatever they are drag queens that are there slipping dollar bills down their shorts no there's nothing sexual at all about there. there's not that that's just puritanical and in in righteous right yeah I, I can't even Im imagine what god thinks about all this i i, I can't even comprehend it Reporter Alice Hines acknowledged that as recently as the 1970s when, listen to this, this is, this is so true. 
as recently as the 1970s when dressing as another gen gender could lead to arrest on charges of vagrancy or perversion just because people had half a brain back then in their head law enforcement did and this they you could be arrested on vagrancy or perversion in many jurisdictions drag was an adults only affair relegated to underground spaces and rich in six, sexual innuendo in other words you just knew when you saw a drag queen that you were seeing the worst of the worst of the most perverted and it was obvious i can remember the only time i can really remember ever seeing a drag queen when i was younger my dad was a combat pistol shooter in florida he was ranked very very high at one point he had an unbelievable knack for it shoot 45s 45 caliber in competition and my dad you know he started that stuff and he just rose up the ranks so quick he was so good at it he quickly became the best one in the whole i think lee county area just about where i lived in florida and um we used to go to this place i think it was called the armory and it had a shooting range and had a, a gun store and and we'd spend a lot of time I, because i was with my dad a lot and he'd go over there and, and talk with the owner i think his name was bob and he'd go in there and he'd shoot and and i mean when you when you do this you spend a lot of time at those types of places and i was i was uh it was right it was right next to a sunny's too and there was the only gay bar i think in town there was there and it was called the jolly roger and i don't think it's there anymore and uh i can remember one time i don't know if i was coming out or whether i saw it through the door of these drag queens walking by the door i think i was inside or maybe i was outside getting ready to go in and i can remember how it was like such a shock to me seeing grown men dress like this and it was just like oh my word i gotta get away from this this is wicked this is evil i don't and i wasn't saved i grew up in the most secular family you could possibly imagine i'm sure my parents would have laughed it off because they were really super super worldly and and that but you, you still knew you didn't want to mess with anybody into that stuff ever now it's just you know shoved down our throat commonplace everything's fine so this goes on to say but now she said um okay so this the, again back in the 70s you, you could go to jail for this and see like this but now she said with the growing mainstream acceptance of gay culture public libraries are hosting drag queen story hour and its defenders insisted is it inherently sexual right yeah and satan isn't evil too right yeah however newsbusters pointed out that the times ignored the stripper routine by an 11 year old drag kid in a brooklyn gay bar that was cheered on by adults i mean that's that's the least um in texas however a number of drag queens who made presentations in libraries were found to be convicted sex offenders well i think that should be standard fair procedure every single drag queen they shouldn't be allowed into public libraries number one but they should all be vetted extensively before they're allowed to be around children i mean if you're a sexual offender you can't even live within like so many feet of a bus stop where a child's bus pickup so how could you you've got probably literally you know 20 30 40 sex offenders in a room with one kid behind closed doors and they're the most perverted of the perverted and the kid's drugged up what could possibly go wrong 
David Lee Richardson, known as Miss Kitty Litter, isn't that special, has participated in the drag story hour for children. And they always want to have these, these little flowery names and present themselves like we're so much fun and happy and we, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't harm you and disarm the little kitties so that they'll wallow all over them, which is, you know, what they do. But he participated in the Drag Queen Story Hour for Children in a public library in Austin, Texas during the past year. And he was arrested and convicted of offering sex for money in 1996. Earlier this year, Mass Resistance exposed two other convicted sex offenders who read to children at the Houston Public Library. So sickening. On August 8th, after uncovering numerous social media posts by Richardson alluding to homosexual and sadomasochistic acts, members of Mass Resistance austin chapter testified before the austin city council joining local citizens demanding that the drag queen story hour be stopped world net daily one of the first story hour events to draw attention nationally reported um was held in the in 2017 at the michelle obama you mean michael obama public library in long beach california well they, they should michael michael obama is a is a drag queen he's in drag all the time 100 percent Obama's called him Michael on numerous occasions. You know, Joan Crawford was dead within a month after saying, oh, please, everybody knows Michael's a drag queen. Michelle's a drag queen, a trainee. She said that in a moment of, of, of honesty being interviewed after I think she was getting ready to go into a building or something. She was dead within a month after she said that. Oh, I wonder if that was a coincidence. So what better place than Michael Obama Public Library or Michelle, I'm sorry. That was one of the first ones where it was held to kick everything off. How appropriate. A drag queen named Sparkle Lee even read to the children in a Presbyterian church in Cincinnati. Well, hey, you've got, you've got pastors now, tons of them now, going, going to the abortion clinics and blessing them. Yeah, that's a, that's a story that I need to report on. I've got that locked and loaded. But rabbis, pastors, all, all kind of, you know, clergy going to abortion centers and praying to God that they would bless this holy place where they, where they kill babies. They slaughter them in the womb without any painkiller, anesthesia, or anything for Satan. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't, isn't that special? Yeah, that's, that's the world we live in. Where evil is good and good is evil. I'm sure God's not mad about it. No, I'm sure none of this makes God mad. Next one, bold Christians mocked and scorned while protesting exploitive drag queen, drag syndrome show. You hear about this one? Drag syndrome show. Yeah, get just get sicker every time we turn around. While they couldn't stop the show from happening, dozens of people from various Christian denominations in Michigan recently gathered to peacefully protest drag syndrome. The sick, twisted, demented, perverted show that exploits people with Down syndrome for hypersexualized entertainment. Yeah, you heard that right. They got Down syndrome and they're dressing them up like drag queens and they're doing whole shows. And the trainees and the gays and all the perverted sick liberal left are showing up and all the witches and warlocks i'm sure are showing up to cheer them on and give them their their you know nod of approval if you've been following our reporting of drag syndrome you'll know that while the show was initially dropped by 
its original venue amid concerns of exploitation. The show found a new home at the Wealthy Theater in Grand Rapids. LifeSite News also reported that the ACLU has filed a civil complaint against the owner of the original venue. Why? Because he wouldn't have it there. So the satanic ACLU says, no, you don't have any right to not host this even though you own the building and you should be able to determine who performs in your building you have no right for that you need to let these drag syndrome kids come in and do this and the guy that owns it was republican congressional candidate peter miger they they, they filed a civil rights complaint against it. there's a link to it right here in spite of the retaliation mayor stands firm in his objections as to whether the individuals performing for the drag syndrome are giving or are in a position to to give their full and informed consent and says he will not apologize for doing what's right. Well, amen. We need like legions of guys like that in Congress and Senate and governors and president and the whole nine yards. Protesters of the event have matched Mayor's boldness in defending the blatant abuse of the drag syndrome performers. Even Tom Norton, a local politician running for Congress against Meyer, attended the protests on Sunday night and engaged in a debate with an attendee attendee while some opted to remain silent and allow their presence and signage to speak for them many others present lovingly and commonly spoke to anyone who would listen about our mighty god's design for marriage sexuality and his call to protect the vulnerable among us and I, i'm posting pictures of these people uh in this pdf love them do not exploit them stop the exploitation defend the innocent and vulnerable a amen these are all biblical tenets Wealthy Street Theater is located near Grand Rapids, Bohemian, East Town. Of course, it's Bohemian neighborhood and hosted a Saturday night performance on 7 p.m. and 6 p.m. show on Sunday night. While, while free tickets for both shows were all reserved, only the Saturday night, Saturday night gathering saw the theater fill with its 400-seat capacity. So you have 400 degenerate devils show up on Saturday night to see this show approximately 15 attendees of themselves were dressed in drag i'm surprised it wasn't more than that naturally the protesters were subject to verbal abuse being called jesus freaks and told to f off or simply being flipped the middle finger in order to uh, by multiple drag syndrome supporters i mean these people are going to burn so white hot in hell if they don't repent i'm sorry i pray to god they get saved but can you imagine being being supposedly in their eyes righteously indignant because you've got christians out there going against the exploitation of these down syndrome kids protesters were frequently asked if they actually knew anyone with down syndrome and how they could possibly oppose performers rights to express themselves yet nearly every single protester told life life site news that they did in fact have an immediate or extended family member with down syndrome i mean if you're if you have down syndrome obviously your ability to make rational decisions about something like this would be compromised at bare minimum okay a woman loitering around the entryway of the theater shouted hail satan oh here we see that theme again it's kind of funny satan always shows up to all these things isn't it the witchcraft taking over and you know the whole nine yards and those people that were protesting the drag queen story and they got all the graffiti on the outside God, isn't it funny how satan always seems to be commingled in all this stuff i'm sure it's just a big coincidence 
Um, and LifeSite News said she also danced in a vulgar manner while the street preacher Stephen Nyland and others from Frontline Apologetics preached the gospel near the, the ticket line. We all know that the progressive left often sees no problem in physically abusing those whom they disagree in these sidewalk encounters. So praise God that no one was harmed. Next report. Pedophilia being taught as a sexual orientation in California schools now. Pedophilia. Yeah. Yeah. So child molesting. Child, child molesting, which I'm going to change that right now. Child molesting is being taught as a sexual orientation in California schools. Because that's what it is. Pedophilia is child love. There's nothing loving about, you know, that. It's child molestation. The government uh, school officials in California think it's really important to teach children about pedophilia and pedastry in the um, classroom because it's a sexual orientation. It's child molestation. That is according to the top official for California's Bree Olinda School District who admitted to parents that it was being done and that it would be continue despite the outrage. The implications are absolutely mind-blowing. I'm going to go ahead and play this clip here. You have written, we have discussed some seriously, seriously crazy stories out of the public school. This one might be the worst yet. We have a school administrator in California actually arguing that we need to, and they are, even as we speak, teaching pedophilia to children as just another option for sexual orientation. Give us the story. You know, this uh, concerned mother asked uh, the assistant superintendent of curricula in the uh, Brea Olinda School District in California why they were teaching children pedophilia and normalizing anal sex. And you would expect the administrator, the, the assistant superintendent, to say, oh my goodness, that's horrible. Where did you get such an idea? We would never do something. I saw something the other day. I couldn't even, I think it was from activist mom, mommy or whatever, on her email list. I saw something the other day that they're teaching in the public schools in California, and it was so sick. It, it looked like something you would see in not playboy or even something like penna i'm talking like some really really backwater like like some type of 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 like really really sick perverted um how-to manual on like uh you know triple x type stuff it, it it was so sick and vile what they're actually teaching in public schools now regarding um, the subject of anal sex and um, other stuff. I, I just can't even mention it. I mean, I'm talking, there is nothing they're not putting in the curriculum now. I mean, it is so explicit that there's no possible way I could go over it in my teaching. And the Bible talks about it's a, it's a shame for to even speak about those things done in darkness, but we are supposed to reprove them. But I don't think we're supposed to get into the, the gory details of everything. I couldn't get into the gory details of this. There's no way I could possibly do it. And that's that's how that's how sick and twisted and evil the word is getting by the day. Where this is just becoming the norm. And it has this protected legal designation where you can't say anything about that. We've just got to pervert our children and defile them as much as possible and that's the norm and that's what's protected and like that but instead what she says is well you know this is a sexual orientation that has occurred and so it's quote really important to teach the children about this and uh they are and why you're teaching pedophilia in 
the lady's asking her, why are you teaching pedophilia to ninth graders? She's recording this woman. I, I think she's got like a, a camera that's kind of is hidden. And she's asking this woman, um, and this is at a Brio Linda Unified School District meeting. And they're asking why they're te teaching pedophilia to school in the school to the ninth graders. I mean, it's child molestation. Why are you teaching this as acceptable to ninth graders? She says teaching what? And she says pedophilia, pedastry, right here. I've explained to you that this is done because we are talking about historical perspectives of how um, gender relations and different types of sexual orientations have existed in history. This is not about something occurred and therefore we have to teach it. I mean, if that was the case, we'd be teaching all kinds of things. What it is about is normalizing every type of perversion. And I want people to realize here the implications of this. This is more than just confusing and perverting and sexualizing the children. Under California law, and this is the case in about half of the states now, and they're working on it at the federal law with the Equality Act, um, discrimination based on sexual orientation is illegal. So if so, again, if, if Trump does sign the Equality Act, we, we as Christians, our religion will be outlawed. The Bible will be outlawed. Now, it may not happen overnight, but within the Equality Act, there's parameters in there that would totally ban biblical teachings and therefore ban Christianity. And, and, and again, if Trump could do it, if he could find a way to do it, not only would he sign that, not only would he sign the TAPS Act, not only is he going to want to sign every red flag gun law coming down the pike, he's going to do everything he can to take away the maximum amount of rights. And meanwhile, the alternative media thinks, you know, he's just, you know, the bee's knees. Pedophilia is a sexual orientation. Do public schools now need to hire pedophiles so that we don't discriminate on their sexual orientation? Do churches need to hire pedophiles so that they don't discriminate based on sexual Absolutely. orientation to run their children's ministries? We've sure. seen it, haven't we, Alex? Yeah. That at American public libraries and in public Here's this disgusting pig devil maggot drag queen they're showing here, the one with the horns coming out of its head, and it looks like Medusa, and it's a guy, and he's all tatted up, and he's got hairy arms and tats and he's wearing a dress i mean it's such an abomination it's just so wicked and evil and he's there teaching the kitties with all this little fluffy stuff around them not all princesses dress in pink and all these books that teach about transgenderism all that, brainwashing the masses soon i guarantee you the, the next move for this is to go into the public schools it's starting in the public libraries but now they're gonna i guarantee you they're gonna lobby to get this in all the public schools where it's being taught in mass to brainwash everyone in the public school system and they're already being brainwashed but what they're doing in the public public uh, libraries i really believe they're going to try to move it into all all aspects of the public school systems as well we're inviting transvestites to come to read to our kindergartners who actually have records twice it happened in houston for having molested kids in the past yep you know this was the inevitable result of this right and now in california's fake history textbooks they're praising this uh, lgbt superhero harvey milk for being you know the first uh, elected openly homosexual activist uh, turns out that guy also had a history of raping underage boys and yeah. it is rape right the children cannot consent uh, and some of them went on to kill themselves, and yet they've made him into a superhero yep. in California's textbooks as part of this new law that mandates the positive presentation of homosexuals and their alleged contributions to history. What they're going to have to do if they continue this, if this goes unchallenged, is they're going to have to teach children that to oppose the sexual advances of adults simply because they're adults is now a kind of bigotry and uh, uh, orientation phobia. That's the next logical thing, to convince kids that if they're not consistent 
considering sex with older people, then they're being bigots. That's the only way, only yep. place we, by definition, have to go next. Yep. True. True. So uh, here's here's another one. Next one. Um, next report. And it just keeps getting sicker and sicker. New satanic sexual fetish. Couples getting pregnant and having multiple abortions on purpose. So they're having abortions on purpose as a form of child sacrifice. I wanted to modify the, the actual title of this so that people understand that this is... They're not just getting pregnant by accident and having abortions. They're doing this on purpose. I never even heard of this. I, I Honestly, I've never even heard of this, this one. This is new to me. Now, again, some Bible verses before we get into this. Deuteronomy 18, 9, and 10. When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. Because if you did, you were eventually going to be defiled and then spewed out by god you were gonna you know you're gonna doom yourself uh next verse there shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire and that was through the fire to moloch they were it was child sacrifice but it's the exact same thing they're doing today in the abortion clinics they're just doing it in a more sanitized version they're doing it in the womb they're doing it in a clinical setting behind four walls. They're doing it, you know, under the official thing of a doctor doing it. And, you know, under under the guise of, you know, the child will just be a burden and, and this type of stuff. But it's the same effect. You're still sacrificing your child. You're still killing him or her. And so this is not something we should ever do. The Bible is very clear about that. Ephesians 2, um, 2.10 for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So when you kill a child from the womb, you're taking away his calling. You're taking away whatever that child was ordained to do. In other words, if that child were to go in and get saved, if, 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 let's say it grows up in a Christian family and there's a higher likelihood that they're going to get saved, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. For we, we're created in God's image, the Bible says that, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Psalm 22, 9, But thou art he, meaning God is the one, that took me out of the womb, thou didst make me hope when I was upon my mother's breasts. Next verse, I was cast upon thee from the womb, thou art the God from my mother's belly. The Bible says to Jeremiah, before I, before I formed thee in the womb, I knew thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. So God knows us before we're formed in the womb. That soul that gets put into the, into the fertilized egg, that soul comes from god it just the soul doesn't just get created right there when the egg and the sperm come together before god formed us in the womb he knew us the bible says that we were when when we were curiously wrought in the center of the earth now i don't understand exactly what that all means so that those verses i was um psalm 139 14 through 16 I'll just read these i will praise thee for i'm fearfully and wonderfully made Marvelous are thy works, uh, and my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought, meaning wrought is like 
made, essentially. You were made in the lowest parts of the earth. Now, that doesn't mean hell, but I believe maybe this is in reference to Abraham's bosom, the Bible that talks about that when the rich man Lazarus, this is before Jesus took captivity captive and took the people in Abraham's bosom to heaven, okay, which is what happened after the resurrection or three days in there, okay? And that's a whole other subject I've done studies on. But um, I don't know. That's what the Bible says. Curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, thine eyes did see my substance being yet unperfect. And in thy book, remember how I said there's books about us in heaven? Yeah, there is. In thy book, all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned when as there, when as yet there was none of them. So there's books about us in heaven. And again, when it says this verse before, and it says, for where is workmanship created into Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in. He's before ordained them in our book in heaven, or our books. There's been people that have been taken to heaven. You can choose to believe it or not. But they said, yeah, they were shown their books and they, they, they couldn't see what was in their books because that would kind of give it away, you know, kind of be like, oh, okay. But what the, what he was, what they were told is that the angels are there. There are angels that are assigned to us to make sure we fulfill our calling. And ideally the Bible talks about there's an acceptable, there's a pleasing and there's a perfect will of God. Okay. I really believe the books that are written about us in heaven, or let's say it's one book written about our life, or maybe there's several. I don't know. I haven't been there. That Those books would most likely relay the perfect will of God in our life, in an ideal situation. If, every, if God was able to do every single thing he wanted to do with us in our lives. Okay? This isn't the only place that talks about our books in heaven. I've, I've given you other verses. So... What we want to do is pray in such a way, as, and, and this is one of the ways I pray, is to purge me, God, of anything that are not of my heavenly directives, that are not written in my book. I don't see how that's unbiblical. You can say, well, now you're really getting off in left field. Well, okay. But if God does know the beginning from the end, which it says he does, and it does clearly say that we were before ordained unto good works that we should walk in them, well, God knows what those good works are. Well, do you think that at any given time in our life, we have, we have the chance to either fulfill what's in that book or to do bad and not fulfill what's in the book? I think so. We have, we still have free will. So the angels are trying to guide us to fulfill what is written in our books so that we can bring maximum glory to God and that we can be used to bring maximal amount of people to the Lord Jesus Christ and that we can do maximal damage to the Satan's kingdom. That's what I think. You know? So I don't think there's any reason that we can't pray, you know, Lord, let please let me fulfill your perfect will that's written in my book. Purge me of anything that are not of my heavenly directives. You know? Now, you have to make effort, too. I don't think it's just like you pray it and then you live like the devil. Expect God to do everything for you. But, I mean, obviously, I think there's a lot of things you could do. You know, praying, fasting, drawing close to God, spending time with God. 
in in those particular things if you're doing those things then there's a much higher likelihood um you're going to be able to fulfill your calling and to do those things that god had before ordained that we should walk in them you know but one of the other things i, I believe they had said in, in the um I've seen several videos on this, that when you pray in such a way that it lines up with your book about your life, that it's preordained in heaven. Remember, there's many books in heaven. Book of Life, you know, the whole nine yards. There's other books. But when you pray in such a way that lines up with the book, the angels will act instantly because you're, you're praying the Lord's will because that is the Lord's will for your life. So... There, it's kind of a no-brainer thing praying that God line you up with whatever is written about you in your book and purge you of anything that are not of your heavenly directives. And I mean heavenly directives, I mean what's written in your book. Okay, I, I, All I can tell you is one day I got up and that was what I what was in my mind heavenly, heavenly. I didn't hear it anywhere. I didn't see it anywhere. I had this thing in my head that, say, that said, pray that God purge you of anything that are not of your heavenly directives. And that was after I got this revelation about our books in heaven. Now, that was what happened to me personally. Again, nobody told me to pray that way. It was in my head one day. And I wrote it down, and it's in my Bible. I write stuff down. If God tells me, if I feel like I'm getting convicted about things, I write things down, and I keep them in my Bible, and then I reference them over and over because it's easy to forget stuff, you know? So anyway... Um, Let's see here. Uh, Psalm 22.10, I was cast upon thee from the womb. Thou art my God from my mother's belly. Psalm 39.13, um, for thou hast possessed, me, possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. These are all things that would, that would heavily, heavily, heavily go against abortion. Okay. Uh, now this, again, the title of this is new satanic sexual fetish couples getting pregnant and having multiple abortions on purpose. Everyday society strays further from God's light in a Reddit post entitled question regarding abortion and breeding fetish. One user reveals how she has a female friend who has a really powerful fetish for breeding and never uses birth control. She is with a male partner currently who is just like her into breeding and they have practiced their fetish for quite a few abortions, the post reads. Oh, this is so sickening. Another male responded then shared details of his own abortion fetish lifestyle. He says, quote, I know this fetish. My girlfriend and me have the same fetish. Fetish are just really powerful demons and devils that are emanating and operating through you to to to, to uh, build in you some kind of sick desire to kill babies in this particular case there's a lot of different fetishes out there but in this particular case this is what they're into my girlfriend enjoys her pregnancies and she enjoys the abortion her preferred date to abort is between 20 and 24 weeks of gestation I enjoy making her pregnant and I enjoy the time of her pregnancy. And he enjoys the abortion. In the last 10 years, in our relationship, we have done seven abortions and my girlfriend is pregnant again with a little girl. 
Oh, man. I... I uh... Oh, this is so wicked. This is one of the most wicked, evil, sick, twisted things I have ever reported on in all my years of ministry. I keep thinking I'm not going to find we've reached maximum level of depravity. And every every week I get just shockingly um, shocked again. Another respondent then praises him for sharing his fetish, writing, It is good and rare to hear of a couple, both man and woman, where both members are into abortion and pregnancy. This is a wonderful and potent example of personal power, where sex meets violence and creation combines with destruction. End of quote. This is truly sick. Given that the left has turned abortion from something that is used to be a shameful last resort into a celebrated virtue, it is becoming it becoming a sexual fetish was always the next illogical step. So, I mean, I'll, you know, I would just pray many legions and legions of angels would be loosed against this wickedness. This just beyond evil wickedness. And again, the next report is going to, there's so much death around us that we're not aware of. And that death is, is so much of it's little babies and children. And it's all their innocent bloods defiling the land. And there's just no way God's judgment can't come upon this earth. There's just no way. There's no way. God would have to stop being God in order for him not to righteously judge what's what's coming. And I'm not I'm not saying that that, you know, God can't, um, protect his Christian remnant. I can't. I'm not going to say that, obviously. But man, the the world's in for it. Now, this I would say, and although the last was m mature content, you know, it's not something you want your kids to really hear. Neither was the last part. Uh, Eight hundred thousand children in the USA found missing each year. Eight hundred thousand. International Tribunal Exposes Pedophilia Problem. Victims Testify of Child Sex Trafficking and Satanic Ritual Abuse. Now, I'm only going to read you a portion of this, but this is where we're at. 800,000 children a year in the United States go missing, many of them being sexually trafficked through pedophilia networks, pedopredator networks, where the children suffer unimaginable horrors such as satanic ritual abuse. This number is comprised of documented cases of children gone missing and does not include children who are born and bred into these pedovore pedovores where they eat children pedo pedo predator and pedo pedovore networks they have no birth certificates or undocumented or they're undocumented immigrant children who come across the borders and like i've said to you guys that's a big reason why they want to keep the borders wide open because the pedophiles want to keep their their um pipeline of small children that come across the border they want to keep that pipeline going and those children that brought across the border they're they're used as like i said trump signed that legislation back in i think it was february and um what the legislation did is it is it um is it said if you accompany an unaccompanied minor you get 
you know, you get basically asylum. You, you get, um, you get to come over and all you have to do is say you're going to sponsor an unaccompanied minor in the future. And you're granted, you're granted the whole nine yards to come into America. And eventually you're going to become a citizen, obviously. And I told you when he did that, when he signed that legislation, I said, you're going to see an explosion of illegals coming over the border like you've never seen before. Now, I think it's, it's slowed down a hair because we're in the peak of summer. From what I've seen. Now, maybe they're just suppressing it better. But when you've got, you know, temperatures that are into the 120 degree range, you know, there at the border, it's going to obviously cause somewhat of a slowdown. As we get into the cooler months, from what I'm seeing there, you're going to really see a pickup of that again. Um, and if there's any decrease, that's the only reason that it happened. I'd like to say God's intervening, but I just don't think enough people are praying about it. I don't know. So, um, so again, the, the 800,000 does not include children who are born and bred into the pedophilia networks. They're, these are called breeder mothers. They're in Satanism. They're, they're well-known. Um, they're children that they breed just for the, for the, um, for the um, reason of sacrificing them. Uh, so I, I covered that when I covered the mo that mother of darkness castle. Uh, they have they sacrifice a pregnant woman and her baby every single day there at that castle in Belgium. They've been doing it for I don't know how long, decades. This is how the Satanists and Luciferians practice their religion: ritual child sacrifice and sacrifice of adults and animals. Um, so that eight hundred thousand doesn't include those born into these pedophore networks generational luciferians or the undocumented um immigrant children who are coming across the border so who, who really knows how high though who and, and that doesn't that doesn't include any of the of the breeder mothers un, in underground bases churning out kids we we have no idea how much wickedness is actually really going on in the world right now we just we just don't I, i'm giving you probably a pretty heavy duty glimpse but I, I don't think i even know the half of it worldwide though remember we just talked about america like you know but worldwide the number of missing children is close to eight million a year eight million and that's just what we know about. Who knows what that number really is? Maybe it's 16. Maybe it's more. It's every year that not only are they being sexually trafficked, but ultimately they're, they're, they're sacrificed. They're human sacrifice. Most of them. Such is the scope of the problem that it was reported earlier this year in 2018 in the Westminster, London by the International Tribunal for Natural Justice or the ITNJ. As the court convened over a three-day period to launch the Judicial Commission of Inquiry into Human Trafficking and Child Sex Abuse. Here's a picture of them convening. The, the Judicial Commission is comprised of world leaders who have been involved in fighting child sex trafficking for years and includes intelligence officers, politicians, legal scholars, and many others. Here's a link to their website. 
in the PDF for this teaching. The International Tribunal was formed because most of the world's government bodies today have been corrupted and no longer represent the people, but instead serve the interest of private corporations, and as such, justice is seldom found in most government judicial courts around the country today to stop such heinous, heinous crimes as child sex trafficking. In fact, the child sex trafficking network today is actually facilitated by the rich and powerful whose influence reaches into the political and the judicial branches of society. One of the most revealing and compelling testimonies given to the commission was from former Scotland Yard police detective John Wedger, who specialized in child abuse investigations. As a CID officer, he discovered child sex trafficking networks reaching to the highest levels of police government, local government, and even the BBC which led to an independent police complaints commission delving into the depths of police involvement. Attempts to silence him failed. And again, those were coming from within, obviously, even after he was threatened by his superiors that he would lose his job, his children, and his home if he did not shut up. When asked by Chief Counsel Robert David Steele why he hadn't been killed, he replied, Jesus loves me. Hopefully I've got a few more years. I've got a job to do. Wow. You gotta love that. And again, that there's his calling. There is a great example of God put him in that position in Scotland Yard. He started to see all the corruption and then he tried to do something about it and then he saw the pushback which just was confirming to him what was going on. But God intervened and even though he's probably had Luciferians and Satanists trying to kill him many, many times, he's got a job to do. And Satan can't take us until God says so. And, um, you know, that's the bottom line. Um, it appears that pedo predation, including the attendant torture and murder of infants to produce adrenalized blood via ritual satanic abuse, is in some cases considered an elite privilege. Well, it is for Hillary Clinton. The tape that came out showed her doing it. Whereupon these echelons are permitted to practice such perversity with impunity. There are two additional causes for alarm. First, there appears to be a deliberate campaign by the elite to infect local, state, and pro provincial and national police, prosecutors, and judges from Australia to Zimbabwe with a taste for pedosexuality. So they try to get the people in, in those areas in, you know local state national police prosecutors judges they try to get them into this so that if they can get them into this then they have them blackmailed and then they know they have an ally that has to do what they tell them to do it is used as both an initiation right into the deep state and shadow government and as a basis for blackmail worse we are now seeing two terrible trends one toward abusing and murdering children before they learn to speak because they cannot bear witness and the other perhaps brought oh, this is just gets worse and worse perhaps brought back by u.s forces from afghanistan the combination of war dogs and toddlers in a devastating combination of child rape and bestiality dogs raping children for videos to be sold now this is exactly what we reported on which was going on and probably still is going on in jeffrey epstein's dungeon on orgy island those girls that I let you listen to her testimony were saying that she was that they had dogs raping them the the little girls down there in stalls and they were recording it and what Epstein would do is come by and say if you're a good girl 
I'm paraphrasing, but if you're a good girl, you can come up to here and, and, and have the privilege of having sex with me because I know you don't want to have sex with this dog anymore. And they were, and they were so traumatized and shattered in their own minds. You know, they, they thought in their own mind, that was like, you know, a step up. I mean, you know, I, I can't even imagine how white hot in hell these devils are going to burn in the lake of fire. And I just want to remind them of that over and over and over where their ultimate end is which is the lake of fire which burneth day and night forever and ever and ever that's their end add to this the growing market in fetuses the most prized being those delivered on the floor as part of a satanic ritual on the floor i'm not sure what that means and one has an inkling of the greatest evil on the planet <sighs> second it has become clear from our early inquiries that with ample documentation that both the family courts and the insolvency courts are being used to strip children this is child protective services and the foster system and all that other stuff in america at least so both family courts and insolvency courts are being used to strip children from families to to covert convert the children into a commodity that can be sold for cash and are also being used to strip assets from wealthy individuals who are not part of the deep state network governments are complicit in child and asset stripping which would not occur if registers registrars lawyers or barristers and judges were held accountable false claims and documents abound in and in their tolerated existence challenge the legitimacy of the government the purpose of this commission is to do what what has to has not been done before to document the actual totality of missing children each year preliminary estimates yet to be documented are 8 million per year or 22,000 children going missing every day worldwide all of these end up being sacrifices to satan ultimately used up and then sacrificed to satan most of them and estimates yet to be documented are eight million uh, and also to document what happens to these children once they're ingested into the local and global pedo predation networks the average lifespan of a child once in this pedo predation system is estimated by some to be two years those being groomed for leadership roles that perpetuate pedosexuality at all levels live much longer though because they just go on to do what their handlers did to them one of the most amazing victim testimonies given at the, at the judicial commission was that of former dutch banker ronald bernard who suffered through horrible sexual abuse as a child and then became an abuser himself which is you know he was one of those that was groomed for this obviously while working his way up into the elite sections of the global banking industry which, you know, that shouldn't surprise us. It's all based on fiat currency for the most part. Money printed out of thin air. The love of money is the root of all evil, so Satan uses the monetary system to control the masses, at least one way, one way they control the masses, the main way. Bernard claims that there are about 8,000 to 8,500 leaders in the banking industry that control most of the affairs of the world. He was on his way to becoming one of them until they asked him to sacrifice a live baby. And he, that was where he drew the line in the sand, thank God. His testimony, like other survivor testimonies, will disturb you. Now, you can watch all the testimonies. I'm going to give you the link there at the bottom of this. 
and you can watch them all okay i i've seen that one um but if i played them all i i'd have to just make a dedicated study and there's just too many subjects i gotta cover so here's another one um jay parker grew up in a multi-generational family involving the illuminati secret society dating back to the 1700s now as a child he was victim of satanic ritual abuse his mother taught him now again i i don't know you know 12 percent his mother taught him that 12 percent of america is generationally satanic i i don't know about that 12 percent more than one out of ten people are are generational satanists i i don't think so but again i mean you're, you're getting you're getting your your information from a demon possessed vessel of satan now i'm not saying that we're not moving toward that and maybe moving far beyond that i mean let's face it whenever when the whole world ends up taking the mark of the beast or the vast majority of them you're gonna have yeah, probably 99 percent of the world saying that they're multi-generational satanic i don't know how many people are going to be saved at that point but hopefully it's a lot more than i mean hopefully it is like you know more than one percent during the tribulation i don't know though but um when my mother in 63 i guess 1963 told me that 12 percent of america is generational satanic i really found it hard to believe we went to a regular church by day and then of course in the afternoon we went to the church of the marquee of hell oh that's that's a nice one now obviously they don't have that placard out in front of it and it's probably in some warehouse or whatever some underground thing but that's what the, that was their main church they attended and i went over this over and over that you know the clergy also is one of the main most desirable jobs for occultists out there that are trying to um serve satan but when you have society where eight hundred thousand children are disappearing a year like here in america and it's not even in the media it's not discussed at all except among people who are researching the tra child trafficking and the horrific abuse that's going on from these dark from these dark occult people can i say that we are in an insane position here i mean this is insanity 17 and a half million people dying of cancer because the cure is banned by the corruption of the pharmaceutical companies controlling the governments oh yeah that's a whole other subject i've got i don't, I don't even know what way to go about curing cancer at this point because there's so many ways you can do it i got a whole file on it just email me at the contact page at contendingfordruth.com. Request it. I, I think I've... Now, I don't know if I've posted that one before. It grows. I keep finding new stuff, and I just add it into it. You know. Then he goes on to say, this is genocide, and we're putting up with it. Yep. Pretty much. So, okay. Um, I'm going to go ahead and end part one there because that was kind of a self-contained part. We really focused in on those subjects. And now we're going to switch gears again in part three. So God bless you and see you in part three.